This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. Anything, nothing says live here. Welcome to Thursday Night Live with me, Darren the Deli Gooner. Build as a new show. This is about episode 476. <laughs> it's not new at all. Just because we've been kicked out of our home, <laughs> it's the new show for Ask Brothers. And for those of you who join us for the first time, welcome. My name's Darren, um, known as the Deli Gooner. I'm joined uh, my usual, uh, my usual reprobates, no nothings. Idiots, uh, Max. Hello, Max. Good morning, mate. From Australia. <laughs> you can say hello or something. You can I say good. Mor- I, I say good morning, mate. It's you know relatively early here. I'm yet. Yeah, it's relatively late for you. So. Okay, Liam. It looks like Max has the same problem that you have now. He's freezing with a blowjob face every Wonderful. now and again. <laughs> it makes a change, doesn't it? We like to switch things up occasionally. Hey, Liam. How are you, mate? Long time. We haven't spoken for ages. No, it's the first first board I've been on for a year. I see you get invited over here enough. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talented, funny, good-looking, suave, sophisticated, intelligent, knowledgeable. And then you join the pod. <laughs> now I'm all right. Now, um, no, Max has invited me on a couple of times just to keep me keep me in the in the groove. Yeah, yeah, we've moved over. Um, those of you who are listening to us uh, normally find us on the clock end talk. We've moved over to the Ask Brothers channel. Not really sure why. Um, not really worth talking about. I don't suppose. Um, uh, had a really good time at clock end talk. Uh, really liked the guys there, but um, for some reason um, they they didn't want us on the channel anymore. I put it down to Liam's constant swearing. What about you, Max? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think it was when Liam compared uh, someone to a prostitute, made a dick joke, called someone a cunt. You know, it's it's just not acceptable, Liam. You need to pull your head in. Yeah, sounds sounds like me, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, my <laughs> reputation precedes me. <laughs> <laughs> now no, we're we're back. We're we're, we're doing the same. Show. We, we're going to continue to do the same show during the year. But thanks to uh, Max at the Arse Brothers, uh, found a slot for us on Thursday night. So we're going to carry on talking the same upbeat. Actually, no, no. Let's forget this upbeat stuff. We haven't done a podcast for three or four weeks. Um, I had COVID. Uh, not too bad. I'm I'm through the other end. But uh, that so that was one reason really why we didn't do do them during the Christmas period. But um, the last time I spoke to you two, the last time I think I spoke to you two, both of you not only wanted Arteta sacked, but you wanted him sacked, hung, drawn, quartered, dragged across the Emirates field, leaving a big bloody swirl through both penalty areas. Uh, (laughs) I'd like to just put on record I was not one of those, actually. (laughs) I was still Arteta in. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the pair of you were really unhappy. I was trying very hard to get you to uh, to to be upbeat and to look at the the positives that there was in the club, the youth that was coming through, the long term plan. Um, you know, we've we've employed a manager in his first job. You know, let's give him a chance to to build his own side. And then I was really open tonight, obviously, because <laughs> I was going to say, now look, five wins on the trot, and. Uh, Sorry, you just confused. Those you Charles, you can't tell. We can see each other doing this, and Liam's just had a big pussy in his lap. <laughs> Lovely way of putting it. After a, again that reputation of mine, 
<laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm at the missus and uh, two very interested kittens are running across. You'll have to excuse them. Yeah. So, no, I mean, uh, that, I'm being dead serious, though. I mean, three, four mm-hmm. weeks, I was trying to take you and Max up a bit. Max especially. Max disappeared off the pod at the moment. But uh, Max was uh, Max had said if we only get one point from our next three games, he thought Arteta should be sacked. And we only got one point from those three games. Then we go on to a bit of a run. Um, uh, how are you feeling now, Liam? I mean, I haven't spoke to you for a month. How are you feeling over, over this Christmas period? It's difficult, I guess, on the back of tonight because tonight was was so dull uh, after mm. so much promise in, in the preceding weeks. Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one, I guess. Um, it's amazing just how quickly things can turn around, isn't it? For one, I think we were all saying when Arteta was, well, when we were feeling like Arteta could or should be sacked, whatever your preference was, that results are ultimately king. Whether Whatever you thought of Arteta, it's results that were king. Um, and while that's proven again, you know, we feel so much better because the results are so much better. Performances have been up to the level as well, of course, but it's the results that really make you feel good and so much better about the club, isn't it? And works both ways. So Liam, while, while Max was off the air, then you just said it was all Liam. It was all Max. I actually said Arteta was great. Max was the one who wanted him out. Max was the one who was crying. Max was the one who said he, sh- he should be sacked. Why don't you get Max to answer that question? Max, mm-hmm. When we spoke last, you wanted Arteta sacked. Um, so, for a start, to... for a start, total fucking bollocks. Never said that ever. You fucking wind hang up. On, hang on, hang on. I've got it. I've got a quote here. Let me just get it. I wrote it down. I oh, listened I'm sure to the pod, did, yeah. and I yeah. wrote it down here. If we only get one point from our next three games, then Arteta should lose his job. No, never what I fucking said. Let me get right a quote here. here. Let me get <laughs> right a quote. I, let me get a quote here that I got, Darren. It says, "Hello, my name is Darren, and I'm a cunt." So uh, take that however you want to take it, mate. But no, what I said was, if that we got only one point from the three games, for which we got zero points from the three games, I said it would be remiss of Arsenal to not start looking for other options. That's what I said. I also said that it was my preference in any form of world for Arsenal to finish 15th, retain Arteta, and move into next season. And I don't believe that uh, everything has completely turned around. I don't believe that for one second. I think the game today shows that there's still huge deficiencies within this Arsenal team, and there's still major problems. And what you get when you get young players into a team and you get a bit of energy and you get a bit of a belief and that there's no scar tissue there anymore... You start to get these bumps. You start to get people pulled through. What do we see today? We see Roy Hodgson do exactly what Mourinho did. He played two banks, a flat four, and ESR was completely ineffective because when you remove the midfield, you remove the ability for the ball to go through the lines or for someone to carry the ball through the lines. He's able to do because like it or lump it, he's a fucking kid. right? And it it's not always going to go for him. This is what I kept saying to people on the internet this week. When everyone was saying, oh, we don't need new players, we don't need attacking players, don't buy people to block ESR, don't do this, don't do that. I was like, use your brains. There's different shapes and different puzzles and different things that need to be worked out, different defences. And you've seen with the way that you beat Arsenal, what I've said for months now, the way you beat Arsenal is by playing very boring football is the way you beat Arsenal. We saw it at Tottenham, we saw it when Everton got their goal, Ancelotti put them in two banks of four, 
Uh, Mourinho put them out in two banks of four. You saw Roy today go and put them out in two banks of four. Why did we play well against Chelsea? Because they left fucking space everywhere for us to run into. Why did we play well against West Brom? Because they're fucking shit. We struggled to break down Newcastle for nearly two fucking hours on top of it. And this isn't me being negative. I'm a good, solid, positive Arsenal fan. I just think that there is a reactiveness and a wishy-washiness within the Arsenal fan base where everything is either a steaming pile of shit or everything is rosy in the... So, Liam, uh, do you remember... So, I'm, I'm going to Liam, Max, because you froze again right at the end with a nice blowjob face. Um, Liam, do you remember sitting here about two weeks ago on a Thursday night waiting for Max to wake up so we could do the show? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think it was only last week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. We just sat here and sure waited for Max to wake up. Now, after listening to his monologue, we should have just gone on without him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out we are tonight by the looks of it. Yeah, it looks like his, uh, his uh, Wi-Fi signal is, uh, uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. So, um, I, I think on the end of the last podcast, which was before the Chelsea game, the Chelsea game, which was the catalyst for so much, you know, we, we were so bereft of confidence, so lacking in ideas, and, and and it was so poor to watch. So we podcasted then, and I made an outlandish statement that we would still finish in the top six. Uh, Max was so derisory of that comment. And yet I look at what's happened in the Premier League in that you know, three weeks since we've last podcasted. Obviously, it's the Christmas period, so there's lots and lots of games, lots and lots of fixtures, lots and lots of points. Liverpool have dropped like a stone. Yeah. Um, Tottenham's form has been terrible. Chelsea's form has been terrible. You know, we've seen a little bit of a, an improvement from Manchester City, although they're not really firing on, on all, sig- sig- firing cylinders. all cylinders. Uh, and we've seen Manchester United... Um, luckily, you know, just scrape their way and they're currently sitting top of the table. Do you, is my statement of finishing top six, which I want to actually now revert to top four, as I did at the start of the season, do you, is, is, it, is it an incredulous statement or or can you see some hope in this Premier League as, as it is at the moment? No, it's not... It's not an outlandish or incredulous type of comment. I mean, as you say, the form goes completely out the window. As soon as you lose two games and another wins two, suddenly the table looks very different in the space of a week or two. So you can't rule anything out. But the problem is you also have, we've just rattled off the names who are out of form, but there's at least six names there that are competing other than us for those top six spots. And we're not exactly firing ourselves, are we? We're, we're a bit all over the place. Well, so it is going to be... Tonight, I was Go just on. going to say, tonight was a big kick in the teeth, wasn't it? Because uh, on the back of, of those three straight Premier League wins and then a, a, a terrible game against Newcastle in the FA Cup, which we managed to get through, uh, tonight was the, the the night we put it all back on track. On track, you know, uh, Palace don't generally ship goals, but they let in seven against Liverpool. They got hammered a couple of times over Christmas, and you just wanted it to be one of those performances. Uh, and for ten minutes at the start of each half, we looked like it could be, but the rest of it just sort of stalled our our, our drive. And suddenly, you know, from from looking up now, you know, we're we're two points ahead of Crystal Palace. <laughs> Are we going to? Where do you think we're going to finish this year? 
I, I think we can get the top six, but you've got to include Southampton in, in the mix as well. We haven't mentioned Southampton, Villa, a, a, a bit a, a bit 50-50, sort of blow hot and cold, but I don't think you could totally rule them out of a challenge at least. There, there, are, there are so many teams. I think we can get top six, but it'll be close. It'll be really close. Can I, I make? I, I spoke to um, somebody that hopefully will be on next week's show. Big fan I am of uh, Jack, who uh, sometimes appears on uh, on the Clock End Talk Review Show and uh, also ex Arsenal fan TV. Uh, Jack, can I say this? Jack, am I allowed to say this? Jack, but well, you're not here, Jack. So I'm going to say it anyway. Jack, looking said, up to the sky. Like <laughs> Jack said, and I, I've got a lot of time with Jack. He's uh, he, he he makes me look negative. He's a positive. He said. There's an outside chance that we could win the league this year. Well, I mean, when you look at, I've got the table in front of me. Excuse me, looking down for those watching. Um, we're twelve points off. Twelve points, four wins, and we've played seventeen. We're not even halfway through the the league season yet. Yeah, so, so least, 12, I mean, yeah, so twelve teams above us. That's the problem, isn't it? That's that's the point you're making. There's twelve teams above us, so it's. Uh, you know, there's a, a hell of a lot of um, uh, of teams that you know. It's not just twelve points with against against Manchester United, mm. is it? It's twelve points. Max, you've joined us back again. How are you, my friend? I'm on the mobile phone hotspot now, so I'm hoping it's. I mean, I mean, fucking new house, new computer, new headset, new internet. So, fuck. Have you moved, or are you at somebody no, else's no, house? No, no, no. The missus is due in between five and eight weeks so we're uh, renovating the apartment some at mum and dad's living oh, the dream man. being fed How every bad. day cold beer in That's the fridge right. is that why you Brilliant. look sober at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> no it's the opposite when i go to mum and dad's house i'm more likely to get pissed every night uh, what, what we've been talking about is um is is i uh, made the statement before we uh before we uh, broke for Christmas before the Chelsea game. I said we would still finish top six, and you laughed at me, Max. You laughed at me. Are you still laughing at me? Yeah, I still think it's really, really far fetched. the The league is so compressed at the top and throughout the middle that one or two results either way, and you go either tumbling down or tumbling up the table. Darren, do I tumble up? Well, you go. You roll. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Forget that. You're in Australia. I forget everything's upside yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> toilets. The to- the toilets flush the other way, Dazza. You know, there's all sorts of amazing things down here. Uh, there's kangaroos and all manner of fucked up things. There's platypuses, which are a duck mixed with an otter that has a stinger under its tail, like a stingray. That's how fucked up Australia is, mate. Platypuses. <laughs> Look them up. And incidentally, if you want to look up something else interesting, look up an echidna's dick. One of the most fascinating things you will ever look up in your life. Type in an echidna's dick. It has a four-headed, bi-bifurcated penis with backwards-facing barbs. And it's fucking massive. Uh, What are we talking about? Well, you've been talking about multifaceted penises. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Liam. Uh, tumbling, tumbling up, tumbling up, and tumbling down the uh, tumbling up and tumbling down the table. We were talking about. I don't understand so, yeah. why you think. I don't understand why you think just because we're at the other side of the world that we don't know what a platypus is. <laughs> I mean, fuck's sake, so, you know, we are quite well educated. Only, 
they only exist here. Mate, some people I talk to, they think fucking koalas drop out of trees and that kangaroos are fucking nice. Manny thinks that there's fucking sharks in every swimming pool. He's afraid to come to Australia because he's going to get eaten by fucking everything. So who knows, mate? Speaking of, They're the speaking same people back- that don't rate Leno. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Speaking of, the, speaking of the football, you know, and, and do I think that your comment is impossible, Darren? No. Do I think that we could finish in top six? Yes. Do I think it's equally as possible that we're going to have a, a string of bad results or that we would be an injury or two injuries away from not looking as good? I think you take Kieran Tierney out of the different down the left-hand side, looks really disjointed, puts a lot of pressure on Saka. And these are things, you know... A, a, a football season is an organic living organism and, and things kind of happen. It's not a, a preordained story where we write at the start of the season or at the start of every batch of six games that this is what's going to happen. I put it to most people. I don't think many people would have predicted that we would have gone on the run over the Christmas fixture list that we did. I think a, a lot of people would have been really, really worried about you know that, what, really look, worried you know about what, because I was really, really hoping we'd have won today because I wanted to really rub you two's noses in, in it after you've been so negative before before the Chelsea game. And I was saying that we were, I could see us winning our next nine games, I think I said. Um, but I, so I was really, I'm really disappointed because actually, when you look back at what's happened over Christmas, is we played really well against Chelsea. But if they'd have scored that penalty with two minutes to go, we'd have been hanging on. And who knows whether we would have actually given away a three-goal lead and end up three-all. We've then struggled to score more than one goal against Brighton. We beat the worst team I've seen this season, West Bromwich Albion. We've just struggled at home against a really poor Newcastle side. Uh, you know, managed to beat them in, nine, in, in 120 minutes. And then tonight we've we've played against Crystal Palace. It's not really that change. Uh, the game's very fine margins, isn't it? Because we we lost eight out of the previous nine before that run, and shouldn't have lost eight out of those previous nine. We weren't that bad. So yeah, really fine margins. I think you missed the comment I made because you were off air. Um, what do you think? You, you know Jack, didn't you, from Clock and Talk, Jack? Yeah, Max, I'm talking to you. Yeah. What do you think? Because he's on the show next week. So uh, what do you think? What what do I think of what do, what do Matt, I think of Jack? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think Jack's fine as long as Tony's not fucking shouting at him for an entire podcast. <laughs> Jack said to me. Jack said to me this week. We spoke uh, earlier in the week. Jack said to me this week. He thinks there's an outside chance we could win the league this year. It's so fucked up. No, well, I think someone needs to yell at Jack. Someone call Tony. Get Tony. To, get Tony to call Jack and just give him a bollocking and call him a fucking idiot because. Uh, you know, do you know, but I understand. <coughs> let me let me rephrase that question. And Jack, I'm sorry if if that was something you were going to bring out when you're on the show, but um, I just it, this is how fucked up this season is. Is that would you say we are better than Manchester United? Because I certainly would. I think we're a better team than Manchester United. We're a better squad than Manchester United, and they're top of the table. Mm, I don't think that we are. I don't think that we're necessarily a better team than them. Or Let's a, just say there's not much in it. Is there? A better is squad than yeah. If we played Manchester United 10 times, we would win four, lose four, draw two. Is that fair? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think it would be relatively even. I think it would be 60-40 either way. We'd be we'd be flipping coins at the moment. But, um, look, yeah, look, it's the nature of the... If, if you go back to the start of the season, Darren, there are games where that we were a gnat's cock of winning against big teams. 
uh, coming off yeah, that yeah. kind of FA Cup form and playing very structured football. We were very good against City. We were very good against Liverpool. Um, those are both games that we we could have or would have walked away from and said that we either deserved a point or could have nicked three. And when you look at the congestion of the table, Darren, it's only really three, four results going the other way. Uh, you've got holding hitting the holdings hit the bar a couple of times, you know, with headers in games where we've dropped points. And um, I just I, I agree with everyone that there's not a lot in it. It's very congested. Uh, anything could happen. I I don't think looking at Arsenal's squad right now, looking across the squad right now, and looking at the options we've got, and looking at how easy it seems to be to nullify us in a low block. I can't see us rocketing up the table at a at a rate of knots. And I, actually, I said this at the start of the season. I think that we will do better against Chelsea's and Everton's and Man U's this year because they'll have the impetus to come and play against us. And I think when teams play against us, we do have the technicality and we have the technical players to play within the space and to play in behind. And I think that where we're going to struggle is we're going to struggle against mid-table teams who are very well set up, who are going to play two banks of four, teams like Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, those who are new to this show, uh, we uh, we quite often, uh, we don't talk about football. <laughs> Sorry, we do talk about football. We don't talk about, we don't review games. We don't go through analysis too much detail of, of, of games. But the very fact that we've just come off the back of a game, I guess we should look back a little about what went wrong tonight. Um Sorry, I was just reading the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scunny's written in. Why do Max and Darren look like a before and after picture? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I know I'm the after. <laughs> That's all right. That's what 55 years of very, very hard living does for you, Mike. Thanks for the question. I mean, uh, both, um, I think, uh, Max, you, uh, sorry, we'll come both of you on this, but. Max, you, you've always been a big fan of Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I was a little bit unsure. I don't think he has the concentration uh, to really make it at the highest level. But he's still young and he's still learning. And I thought Bellerin's not really recaptured his form. And, and, and you've been pushing to have Ainsley Maitland-Niles down on that right-hand side. But because of the um, success of Bellerin in the recent weeks and with Cedric um, needing some minutes, Tierney being ever-present, Maitland-Niles found himself playing on the left-hand side tonight. Very rusty. This isn't a criticism. Those who know me mm. will find that I'm, I'm very very rarely critical of, of our players as long as they work their nuts off, as long as they fight for the badge. That's all I want. And and, and that's that's the minimum. That's what I want from our players. Uh, if they if they fight and work hard for the badge, I'll support them till, till the end of dawn. Do you have the end of dawn? <laughs> that's just mid-morning, isn't it? Uh <laughs> It's not. It's not long to support them, Darren. It's very late, by the way. Here, it's uh, very late. I should be tucked up with a pipe, <laughs> and I will be soon. So Maitland Niles found himself playing on the left hand side, very rusty, had a fucking shocker tonight. Really had a shocker. I mean, Liam, let's let's come to you because I know Max has got comments on Maitland Niles, but I think his opening two contributions in the game were a cross that's I ran out into the garden to try and catch. And then a back pass where I ran out into my garden to try and catch. Um, oh, do you know what? You know, he just looked like never played football before. And after being so strong down the left-hand side with a very variety of combinations, Maitland-Niles not being one of them, but with Tierney and Martinelli and with Saka and with even um, um, uh, Aubameyang with 
Tierney. We look great down that left-hand side. But Liam, tonight, with Maitland-Niles and Aubameyang, why? What went wrong? Uh, a couple of things. So one is on Maitland-Niles and, and his actual technical ability. He was, as you say, dreadful. He, he also got brushed off the ball a bit easily a couple of times, and that doesn't seem like him. Normally, he protects the ball better. But, but also, he's naturally a right-footed player. So he's trying to come inside. He's, he doesn't want to hug the touchline. He's trying to come inside. And that forces Aubameyang out wide as well. So they have this problem where either Maitland-Niles is out on the wing, where he doesn't want to be and has to cut onto his right, which he can't use, uh, onto his because uh, he can't use his left foot, or Aubameyang stuck out there. And we don't want Aubameyang out wide because we want him you know, near the goal. To well, create I, this I, want the, I want him near the substitutes bench. Well, as a striker, as a goal scorer, let's say let's we want him somewhere nearer the goal. So where Tierney is naturally left-footed, he goes around the outside of Aubameyang. He gets him closer. Tierney's on his natural foot to whip these crosses in that he can do. And that doesn't suit Maitland-Niles. So that causes a problem. And then you get to the point where it's, okay, you're handicapped. So be technically good. Get the details right. And he didn't do that either. So it was just poor on both fronts and, yeah. and that hampered our left. I just I, I just a little bit confused on that team selection, Max, is that we've we've got Maitland Niles making his probably first appearance at left back this season and a traditional left back, not a left wing back. He was a left back. And a Bamiyang who's been pretty awful all year, actually got involved a bit tonight, but still doesn't do anything that a winger would do. He's if he's if we're breaking away and he's got free space on the left and he scores goals but he doesn't beat players he doesn't hold the ball up well he doesn't link very well um wasn't that a strange decision to play two poor people on that side uh look i i think that needs must i think the stranger decision was actually to play kieran tierney against newcastle when he was absolutely absolutely shagged and look uh, i said after that game that it was the FA Cup with the holders of the FA Cup um, and we were up against Premier League opposition. And I started off shocked that he had played initially, but then I kind of, I weighed the two up and I was like, well, in such a poor season, I'm someone who still thinks the FA Cup is important. I know a lot of people don't think the FA Cup is important, but I do. And especially, especially you only, as you've said, Darren, there's only four trophies a year. You only get four cracks at this. And this is one of which we are holders of which we have won multiple times. And I thought that's why the team was strong against Newcastle. Um, So Kieran Tierney, it was just a a comment here, which I quite like from Liam George 93, which said, don't scapegoat AMN. He's not in the left back, nor is he left footed first start in a couple of months. And, um, I would agree with those sentiments. Uh, I put up a, a, a tweet in a Facebook post last week about Ainsley Maitland-Niles saying after he didn't get a game at Newcastle and Cedric got started on the right and Tierney got started on the left, I said, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Mikel Arteta doesn't fancy him and that I don't think that's because of his technical ability. It's not based on his performances because when he has played this year in both cups and when he's had his opportunities predominantly off the right or in cups through the midfield, he's looked really good, which means it has to be the way that he applies himself within training. And we all know that Mikel Arteta has a particular style of person that he likes and a particular style of person he wants to work with. And that very languid, very I'll do what is required when it is required of me style of Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And again, I'm, I'm making this up. I'm, 
I'm not friends with Ainley. I don't have an inside man within the club. Um, I would imagine that that is why he wasn't getting picked. Now, to throw him in and give him his first start on the wrong side, on the wrong foot, with an out-of-form Aubameyang in front of him, I've got to agree with you, Darren. It's a it's a strange choice. It's a strange decision. Um, I mean, and, uh, just and Mikel Arteta has shown that there have been strange decisions across this entire year, Darren. It's one of the reasons why there are detractors around him are because of some of these these more finite management decisions where we look at it from the outside and we think that's that's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, the one thing I, I don't agree with what you said there is that. Maitland-Niles played a whole season at left-back. He's, he's more accomplished left-back or left-wing-back, should we say. Uh, in a five, uh, in a five than, where he's basically yeah. playing as an auxiliary midfielder. Then in probably any other formation. That's where he's played most for Arsenal Football Club. I just also want to comment back on um, Liam George's uh, uh, comment. And I love the name Liam George, by the way, too. My, well, some greats in there. Liam Brady, George Graham. I have to mention George Graham every week. It's in my contract. Um, but Charlie George. One, one thing I want to say to Liam George is that did you not listen to what I said at the start? It's not a criticism of Maitland-Niles. He's rusty, hasn't played any football, playing in a position, you know, left back instead of left wing back. Uh, my my question is more, if you're going to play Maitland-Niles, who's rusty in an unfamiliar role, then put someone ahead of him who's going to work with him to make that a strong side. Put Saka on the left. We've got lots of options who could have gone on the right. Put Saka on the left and make that a strong attacking side. Mm, but in I doing that, you're bre- in doing that, you're breaking up what's worked, Darren. It, it's well, it's like worked? tell me what's worked. What's worked? Well, it, 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 so Saka playing off the right has been one of the things that has massively changed the form of Hector Bellerin because Saka actually wants to get chalk on his boots and wants to interchange. And because Saka wants to go beyond the striker, it's meant that it's not left to Bellerin to go beyond them when he gets paired there with Pepe. Pepe wants to play as a second striker on the inside, which means Bellerin is constantly going beyond him and getting isolated. So that right side combination between Saka and Bellerin Okay, look, has, look, made, has made Bellerin a better right player. Now. And, the, combi- and the combination between ESR and Saka has been fantastic. So you're trying to build, you've got two packs of Lego, Darren, and you're trying to combine a pirate ship and a spaceship. Tell me, tell me then tonight, you've just made that fucking great statement about this is why he put Saka on the work because it works so well, it worked well with Bellerin. Tell me what we created down the right-hand side at all in 90 minutes tonight. Tell me what we created. Tell me, tell me what we did because you just told me how good that is. You just told me how good that is. Saka has played equally well on the left and on the right. Saka has been exemplary this year on the left and the right. We so moved him to the got... right to solve a problem and it worked really well for a couple of games. But it hasn't meant that we can't play him on the left. So for me, it's about moving It's about moving pieces. And uh, Darren, nail on the head. Nail on the head because the guy who's getting shoehorned into that team at the moment is Aubameyang. Week yeah, in, week out. And he was, he was poor again today. But he's he not even poor. poor. He worked he, harder today. No, he's back. working he hard, hard, but there's nothing, there's nothing coming off for him. He's not but a natural what? winger. He's failed at centre forward. If you've got somebody weak at left back and you put somebody weak ahead of him who's there to help, they're meant to work as a team, attacking and defending. Yeah, they're meant to work together. And they just don't. So yeah. that was a poor decision for me tonight. 
It, yeah, it's but then, anything it's a, coming down the left. It, it's a decision built of issues that exist in other areas. And this is the problem for Arsenal. And I, I've forgotten whose quote it is. I really like it. It might be Elliot off Arsenal Vision. He always calls it moving around the deck chairs on the Titanic. Like the ship is sinking. Moving around the deck chairs is not going to stop the ship from sinking. And this is the problem. And I'll tell you two players who are absolutely caning Mikel Arteta at the moment. Two players. Nicola Pepe and Aubameyang, because he can't, he's got 72 million pounds of Pepe sitting there, and everyone in the fucking comments, he didn't buy himself, they paid the contract, right? I'm not talking about that. Purely based on performance, and when you look at the fact that there is a huge amount of Arsenal's asset that has gone into Nicola Pepe, and you're right, Darren, because in this game, what should have happened is Saka should have been played in front of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, and Pepe being the, the the right winger who we bought to be dominant on that side, who's terrifically out of form, should have come into the team and you either rest Aubameyang or you play him at centre-forward because Lacazette can we, didn't do a huge amount of centre-forward Can we use the word drop in this case? Fine, can drop. Can we use the word drop? Rest drop. is, you know, it's not rest. Liam. You don't need rest. Liam, break up, rest... break up this fight between two old fucking married people, please. Oh, Provide a... some. I was having so much fun, though. Um... <laughs> No, you, you're right. The, the problem with it is... You're right. <laughs> give me, a, sec, give me a second. Give me a sec. So the, the problem stems from Tierney being out, right? But what are our options when we, when we replace Tierney? Because if it's not Maitland-Niles, the other option is Cedric. Do we want Cedric at left-back? Probably not. Mm. So we play at Maitland-Niles, and you've got a pairing with someone on the left wing. So your options are Saka, who I agree was probably the better choice, or, or Bamiyang, who's just got his first goal again against Newcastle. You want to keep him going, so you probably want to keep him in the team. You probably play him on the That's left. It. You could play him centre-forward. Scored his goal at centre-forward and had his best yeah, with, game for Arsenal at centre-forward yeah. against Newcastle. So stick him on the left. Just just bear, just bear with me as well, because yeah, you, can stick, you could put him at centre-forward as well, but then you take out Lacazette. Now, he didn't have a great game tonight, but that's hindsight. We don't know that before the game, and he's been on fire. So you can't really take Lacazette out. Um, and then on the right wing, Pepe's clearly not trusted. Um, so do you want to keep Saka there, a, a proven sort of thing that's been working quite well so far? So this all stems from Tierney coming out, but the, the problem is we don't have the rotation options to then make it work, really. Saka's probably the one I would have put on there, but you have the problem is, oh, Bamiyang's just got just scored. Can we get him back in form in the league? Yeah, and you probably uh, try to keep him in. There's so much I, I, I want to talk about. Good points. But um, for a start, you said you gave the option. The other option was Cedric. There, The other option was um, uh, was Saka as well. Saka, don't forget, he could play at left wing back. You know, he could play. We could have gone to a five. We could have done all sorts. There were other options to play Maitland-Niles. And I'm not saying Maitland-Niles was the bad decision. We didn't know he was going to have a poor game. The bad decision was giving me nothing in front of him to make that work. Okay? that That was the issue. So, I mean, and, and there's lots of things that change. Pepe, I just want to say something about Pepe because, Max, you really pissed me off when you do all this £72 million. Pounds. He did cost £70 million to, £72 million. Pounds. That raises the expectation of everybody. But I would like to say, just watch the player. Just watch the player, what he's doing. If, and this is, you say it's not his fault, he didn't pay £72 million. That's absolutely right. If Pepe had come through our youth ranks now at the same time as Saka... Uh, and all of the other crop that we've got, 
we would actually be watching him like we watch Enketia, full of hope, full of excitement, and he's got something, he's going to try something, he's good, look at the goals he scored first season, he scored eight goals and eight assists, what a great player he is. Because he's not he's a fucking youth player, he's 24. Because, yeah, but it's, my point is, it's it's perception, because we paid too much money for him, and it, and it was... We should have paid twenty million for Saka. That's that's his value. Pepe was a twenty. He's a twenty twenty five million pound player. We've seen him now for a year and a half. He's a twenty twenty five million pound player. He's an average player. He hopefully hopefully he will develop into a better player. Hopefully when the system works and we're flying, he will be better. But stop mentioning the price tag. Watch him as a player. He's working hard. He's trying hard. He's trying things. He was just ridiculously overpaid. Zero. Zero so things. Zero. Th he was brought on in that game to break the game, right? It wasn't being put, not being played as the, the top player, not being started and told, go out there and do the thing. He was given the job of come off the bench and do something, do something electric. He lost the ball, Darren, seven fucking times. Yeah, because he was trying to be played. Like He's trying to do. He He's has trying to do. What did Saka do in this game? What did Aubameyang do in this game? What did Lacazette do in this game? They didn't fucking lose the ball the way Pepe did. I get what you're saying, Darren, he and I'm actually someone who has been very positive about Pepe and has said that I like him and has said that he does things that other people can't do on the pitch. But look at the fucking performance, Darren. It's a fucking awful performance from Pepe Day. He's a sub. He was and for me, Who's coming back from fucking injury? Oh, that's all right. See, you know, oh, well, the, he's the saviour. He's the saviour. He's the saviour. He just passed the ball backwards 20 times tonight. Fucking Rob Holding give it to Party. Party gives it back. I bet you the biggest pass combination was, it, it was in Party's time on the pitch was uh, Party Holding. Because Holding kept looking up for him, giving it to him, and then he'd give it back to Holding. Because... He's the saviour because we really wanted him because we all talked about him for a year. Suddenly he's good. He's done nothing so far. He's played for us six times, seven times now. Lost five, drawn one, one, one. You know, it's 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 had no impact at all. But everyone goes, oh, part is the saviour. Part is going to be the one. I hope with all of my heart that Party becomes the player that we hope he's going to be. But we haven't seen any of it yet. Not a tiny weeny bit. He's scared oh, to go have. forward. He gets oh, the ball from holding. He gives it back oh, to holding. Have. He gets the ball from Louise. He gives it back to Louise. He was the best player on the pitch against Man U. He was the best player on the pitch against Everton until he, he got the best player on the pitch against Tottenham when he went off when, and let them attack and score the second goal. Just gets a free ride. Jacker would have been crucified if that had been him. Anyway, let's move on. Liam. So we've sorted out on the back. My point, I looked at that midfield today. Jacker. Uh, apart from probably the last 10, 15 minutes, I thought was about as good as Xhaka can be. You know, I mean, he wasn't, um, didn't put some great balls through like he has in the last couple of weeks. He didn't smash one at the top corner, which he's done in the last few weeks. But he was looking to go forward. He was tackling out, gave away a couple of stupid free kicks like he always does. But he played quite well. And alongside him, Ceballos, for the hour that he was on, was full of creativity, maybe in the first half, was trying things, was trying to do things, was tackling hard. That's about as good as those two can be. And it still didn't work, did it? No, I'm glad you brought them up because I've got a, a thought on this. Um, so for me, Xhaka and Ceballos, individually, they were fine. Okay. Um, but together, 
they're very, very, very passive. Now, when we sit deeply, I, all I can see is Darren White blowing kisses at me and it's putting me right off. I'm not. I'm blowing at Max, actually. <laughs> oh, at Max. Okay. Either yeah, way. Either way. I'm not going to push it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. Um, no, but w- when they play, when they're deep, they're fine because you can use Xhaka as a wall pass and, and Sabas is quite press resistant. But suddenly we're now developing. We're, we're becoming this front-footed team that's trying to play in the other half. So when we do that, Jack is too slow because he is the slowest player I've ever seen on the half turn. It beggars belief. And he waits. He waits and waits and waits before he makes that forward pass. And it pisses me off. Um, Ceballos takes far too many touches. He wants to take five, six, seven touches. And he's a slow run. They're both slow runners. So they can't take it and burst past people to break the lines. So when we're trying to play front-footed, whilst they individually they do all right because they make these forward passes and their, their stats look fine, together it's so passive, it's so slow. And when we empty and we try to you know, move into the front five, Xhaka and Sabas are taking far too long to get it and connect. And it's just mm. way, way, way too passive. Liam, you're, you're, you're speaking my language. Yeah, but if you can't get, if you can't get to him and... Liam and I had this great chat on the internet the other day about uh, so many fans seem to forget that there are two managers, two systems, two coaches all trying to implement something. I said after 56 minutes, it's a bit of a woy um, masterclass here today. He's got two banks of flat four and he has completely removed any of the space which ESR wants to operate in. So ESR is going out wide and we're starting to look that very boring U-shape of depression again. And the problem with – I actually had Xhaka as man of the match, by the way. I'm not a Xhaka fan. I thought he had a really, really good game. And I, actually thought, and, I, yeah, and I actually thought that Ceballos had quite a good game as well. And I'll, I will concur with what Liam said. Individually, they Hang both on, had quite that. good games. As I said a, that. As, that was kind of the question. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm, not giving you any, I'm not giving you any fucking credit for anything, Darren. You're a cunt. Keep shouting at me, right? But um, – as a combination, we've seen Jacker and Sabayos together so many times and they don't work. There's a lack of athleticism between the two. I think they both yeah. want to pass through the they both want to pass through the lines, Liam. And when you've got two banks mm-hmm. of four, you can't pass through the lines. You need someone who's going to carry the ball to the line and yeah. beat someone. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mostly agree with that because I think they're usable when we sit deep, like we saw post-lockdown. We just sat deep and it's great because, like I say, Xhaka, wall passer, is excellent. And then you've got Ceballos, who's the most very, very press-resistant, the most press-resistant player we have. So when we're deep and we try to break that, it works great. But when they've got too much space, it's, it's too passive. It's not quick enough. But that's why Xhaka and Nenny have looked reasonable together because it's meant that Xhaka plays higher up the pitch in a pocket where he can actually use his best attribute, which is his passing through the lines. And he's, he's technical enough that he will smash a ball through the lines. And when he's got ESR and he's got Saka up there who are technically proficient enough to take that ball that's whacked at them really hard, and Kirantini for that matter, who have the pace to get onto these balls that are smashed behind the lines. When his starting position is slightly higher, he looks a much better player. For me, as soon as Xhaka's starting position is a bit deeper, which he kind of has to do with Ceballos, he starts to look poor and he starts to drift out of the game. And that's when that midfield and that front three or that front four become become disconnected. 
And again, in this game, and this is why we struggle against low blocks so much, again, this game, you remove the space from ESR. What, as soon as you remove the space from ESR, he couldn't connect with Lacazette. The main part of Lacazette's game where he needs a partner and someone running off him close to him for him to turn the ball around the corner dissipates. We get super disconnected. We start going wide again. Ainsley's not having a good game. Aubameyang's not a wonderful wide player in that sense because we need him to come inside, duck outside on the left, banging crosses in. It's just the way we are and the way that our squad is developed. And we've said at the start of the season, and we've said over and over again, a lot of our issues come back to our midfield options. A lot of our issues come back to our midfield combinations. And as good as Xhaka has been, and I'm not a huge Xhaka fan, we all know it on this show, as good as Xhaka has been for the last couple of weeks, he is a limited player. He plays well under circumstances that allow him to play well. Sabios is a limited player. He plays well under circumstances that allow him to do it. Elneny is a limited player. I would say that Party is the guy we brought in not to be a limited player, and I'll echo what Darren said. We haven't seen enough from Party yet. We've seen glimpses of him looking great. Um, and until we get this sorted out, until we bring in what I would call multifaceted or two-directional players, Liam, which uh, when we play Brighton, Kurt Basuma is a two-way player. He progressed the ball beautifully up the pitch. He turned, he ran, he tackled. Is he as good progressing the ball as Xhaka? No. Is he better coming backwards? Yeah, the player sits in the middle. These are the types of players we need to integrate into this midfield to provide us with running, to provide us with different options where we can beat low blocks. So, Liam, you... You've got Thomas Party on the bench tonight. He's obviously fit to play. He said he was probably fit to play in the last game, but they chose to um, put him on the bench tonight. You just criticised, or you had just heard someone on the show criticise um, Pepe for not contributing when he comes on for the last 20 minutes. If Party is this saviour, this player that's going to take us forward, why not start him? Surely, I mean, we've all played, well, I, I say we've all played football. I don't know if you two, you have played football all my life. Coming on for the last 20 minutes is not something that is easy to do for anybody. You know, there are some no. impact substitutions, but when you're playing in the central midfield, you want to control the game, you want to get a feel of the game. Why not start him and give him an hour? And let him know he's got an hour. My feeling is that because with what happened with Spurs was just so obvious and it was such a big thing, I think he's making it very obvious at this time he's being much more cautious when maybe he's being a bit overly cautious the other way. Um, if he's fit enough, party for me has to start. Um, because, he, as, as Max said, he does so much of the things he's so... He's, he's not as limited as any other player that we've got. And I think he works alongside more players that we have than... Like, Xhaka works well with Ceballos, but maybe not necessarily with Elneny. Whereas party can work with possibly a combination of the three. Have you seen so, that in the seven games he's played? Because I haven't seen much, really. Not, not yet, but it's been a small sample size. You've got yeah, to remember it's, made, it's a new league for him. you made that assertion on, you know, on nothing. You know, you say he's he can a, play with anyone. He's not a fucking 19-year-old. He's played at Atletico Madrid. He's got the runs on the fucking board. We paid the money for him to come in and do a job. So I would agree that we haven't necessarily seen it over a large sample size, but I would say it's stupid to sit there and say he can't do it. I didn't say he can't do it. I said we haven't seen him do it. Yeah, it's Bullshit. the Arsenal sample size that's small. <laughs> it's only the Arsenal size that's small. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. All right, so that was nice one. Let's, let's uh, change tack a little. Um 
I'm sure there's loads of things. Mate, I haven't spoke to you guys for ages. Sure there's loads of shit you can give me. Let me just do a couple of quick ones. Um, Leno, has everyone stopped saying that fucking Martinez should still be our goalkeeper? Because Leno once again fucking saved our bacon again. Well, you lot just realise that Leno is a pretty damn good goalkeeper. Maybe not the best goalkeeper in the world, but a pretty damn good goalkeeper for a team that's mid-table in the Premier League. And will you all get off his back? I would say um, Leno hasn't even peaked yet, Darren. Hasn't even peaked. I would say you'll see the best of Leno over the next two years. Yeah, but what do you know? Um, so, <laughs> Emil Smith-Rowe. <laughs> Smith-Rowe should have been hooked after about an hour, I thought, tonight. I thought the, the substitution was was obvious. I thought he was the one that just wasn't involved tonight. I'm a big fan of Emil Smith-Rowe. I'm a big fan of a lot of these players. wasn't working for tonight. Max, you said it's because Hodgson knows how to play with two flat back fours um maybe so but i thought take him out of that you know take him out of that environment then bring party on and i thought wait well, maybe just actually i mean i would have bought pepe on i mean i wouldn't i would have kept saka up front just moved him out to the left put a Yang in the middle you know let lacazette drop deep or maybe put party on in a free roll in the middle mm. you know it, it wasn't working i thought the substitution I, I, thought, I thought a formation change was uh, all we did was change players and then the players were in the same traps that Hodgson had already set for us. So one player comes off, one player comes on. I would have loved to have seen us go, well, fuck it. You're sitting deep. You're not offering a huge amount. Um, we seem to have Louise and Holding and Bellerin very much seem to have the measure of what they were doing on the counter-attacks. A couple of times they looked to get in behind. I thought we handled it quite well. I would have gone two up front. I, You know, you easily could have put Eddie on and shoved two up front and, and, and gone and matched them. It looked desperate, like it needed an extra man in midfield somewhere. Uh, Smith Rowe, for everything he did, he was the guy who I wanted substituted off. I was like, it's not working for you today. Why cook you for another 90 minutes? You know, a young man when it's not working. I I don't want to agree with you, Max, but I actually do. I mean, obviously, I said it first, so you're actually agreeing with me. Um, Okay. (laughs) I did. I said he should have been hooked after an hour, and you've just agreed with me, so that's fine. Obviously, you're seeing the light. Um, Liam, is there, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to criticise our manager. He's learning on the job. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've we've hired a manager that hasn't done it before. He's going to make mistakes. Uh, if Arsene Wenger, I'm going to bring out Arsene Wenger just for this one. I, I don't want to refer back to him too often. Obviously, I love the man and uh, love what he did for the club. And, you know, as with all of us, it, it went very stale and went wrong. But if Arsene Wenger was managing that side, we would have been playing 2-4-4 for the last 20 minutes. We would. We'd have battered. I'm not saying it always worked, but that's what he would have done. He would have thrown wingers on both sides, two up front, a couple of attacking midfielders, and just put somebody quick at the back. Bellerin in the old days, you know, or someone to to run back if there was a problem. He he just, as as, uh, Max just uh, said, he, he actually just switched one player for another player. Nothing really changed. Are you concerned that... Is there's a lack of confidence in the manager in these players? Um, no, I can't say I got that impression. If I'm honest, I, I still feel like we there was effort, there was an, there was like an intent about us to try. It didn't come off. We got the details wrong, but there was an intent, and, and I felt like we at least sort of made the effort to carry out the game plan. They trusted in that game plan. I was disappointed. The Eddie substitute for uh, Lacazette was the one that disappointed me. I thought, keep Lacazette on, have Eddie playing off Lacazette's shoulder and just have that two up front. That was the one that 
disappointed me. Yeah, Smith Rowe should have come off a bit earlier. It was obvious he was just being marked and kicked out of the game. Um, to protect a player we know is injury prone, first and foremost, as well as just switch things up a little bit. Um, right, but- so yeah, there is some there are some question marks, but whether have people lost confidence in Arteta? I don't, I don't think I saw that from the players. I'll tell you who's lost. I'll tell you who's lost confidence in Arteta, Darren. I'll tell you who's lost confidence in Arteta. Tell me, Arteta. Max, tell me. Arteta has lost confidence in Arteta because I think there are things that he is doing that reflect the league position he's in, the job that he's in, the pressure that everything was underneath him. I think that if you were to Let's say Arteta goes, it's nil all, it's 70 minutes, and let's say Arteta goes and sticks three at the back and says just charge forward, two wing backs, two up front, everything goes forward, we get hit on the break, Sahar goes down the other end, buries it, and we lose the fucking game. I think that I'd a confident... That. No, you, I... would have, you, would, you would have rathered that, and I would have rathered that, but the vast majority of Arsenal fans would have sat there and said, what's he fucking doing? He doesn't know what he's fucking doing. We've gone and lost again. We're now back down. We've, we've been overtaken by fucking Palace now. So I think that there's all of these environmental issues that are going on, that because we've had the poor start, because we've had the bad run of form, it puts the handbrake on Mikel Arteta. And can I think I, that Mikel Arteta has lost confidence in Mikel Arteta. Can I make an observation here, Max? something that just perhaps we, we've sort of forgotten is the crowd makes a difference. And I don't mean the crowd makes a difference, you know, we all boo, we all moan, we're all, we're not the best supporters in the world. But there would have been an energy there. There would have been a reason to go for the win. We're list, I'm listening to the game with crowd noise. You know, it almost feels like you're watching a real game. You turn that off and it's just a training match. Yeah. If that crowd was there there would have been a, a, a demand from that crowd to win the game. It would have, you know, we're at home. And I think people are just forgetting that football without fans is just, it, it does. That's why the, the league is so concertina. It is so squashed. Mm. Is that there's, there's, uh, you know, the, the bigger teams have taken time to get to the top. You know, Tottenham are on a terrible run of form. Liverpool on a terrible run of form. And I just think that, I think we're missing this point now at the moment that, in that game tonight, with 20 minutes to go, I know because I go every week to the to the Emirates, there would have been a, a a drive from those supporters that would have made Arteta maybe think slightly differently. He would have wanted to impress the crowd. He wanted would have he wanted to have gone. He might have just gone for it. And I think it's very easy to be scared of losing. Whereas that game tonight, three points means a lot. Losing and a point don't really make much difference. We really should have gone for it tonight. It was an incredibly important game tonight to keep that momentum. And now, once again, we're not scoring goals. Liam, sorry, I was going to... Did you want to say something there, Liam? Because what I wanted to come to you and say was, is our problem still scoring goals? If you take West Brom out of the equation, even in this good run, we have managed to to just get one at Brighton. We didn't get any in normal time against Newcastle. Didn't get any again tonight. Uh, the game against Chelsea, which was the catalyst for all of this this run, was a penalty, a Xhaka screamer, and I can't remember what the other Saka one was. Lob. Yeah, well, there was, yeah, yeah, a miss kick. <laughs> there you go, a yeah. miss kick. So we still, even in that game, penalty, a Xhaka screamer once every 10 years, uh, and a miss kick, and we just hang on at the end. You know, uh, goal scoring is really our problem. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, in the sense that it's, you know, we're starting to get closer to the goal now. Um, we're starting to get somewhere a bit closer. 
but it's now turning those sorts of positions into an actual chance. You know, right, we've got to the byline. Now, look, can we, you know, work away somewhere we can get a shot off? No, because it goes straight to the near post and someone, you know, they just clear it at the near post. You know, those sorts of things we've got to start making into an actual chance, pull it back further. Are we flooding the box with players? That's the sort of thing that will help us fix that that goal scoring. But to answer the question, yeah, it's a, still a problem. Just uh, to work with some people, DWTT's joined us. Let's don't waste the tweet. Um, also, we've got uh, Why Not Sentiment FC. Um, yes, you have missed a fair bit. You've missed me ridicule Max for 20 minutes, destroyed him. So you can listen to that back on the podcast. Destroyed no one by actually, his own reputation. Actually, I forgot. Max is controlling <laughs> this. He'll probably edit that 20 minutes out where he looked like a fool. Um, <laughs> Max, ask me some questions. Last five minutes. I ain't seen you for a month. You didn't wake up on our last <laughs> podcast. And me and Liam just sat here waiting for you for two and a half hours. Yeah, I got pissed. I got pissed and I forgot and I went to sleep and I didn't set an alarm. Um, I, no, do you so know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask I, you a question. I liked, I liked, I'm going to give you some praise. I listened to your uh, Ask Bros OG on this channel uh, last week. It was after the West Brom game, I think. What was our last game? Have you done one after Newcastle? West, West Brom. No, we didn't do Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The last one I listened to was after the West Brom game. Really good chat. I really like your brother. He, he sort of ignores you for the 45 minutes that you talk and then just comes up with 15 minutes of really good stuff. But I will give you some credit. Uh, I thought you you asked an excellent question and I'm going to ask it back to you and to Liam. Uh, You've probably phrased it better than me because I'm trying to remember from 10 days ago, but you said something to the effect of, is Arteta good or is he lucky? Uh, talking about the point that he had to play these young guys. Ask the question as you yeah, asked it. The, it was a really so good I asked I asked Toby if I asked Toby if he thought that the changes to this team were based in the fact that Arteta looked, analyzed, looked at what he needed to do and bought these players in, moved Saka over to the right, played ESR in the 10, or if he got lucky in the sense that there was a few people that he couldn't fucking select, he put them out and through osmosis he was quite lucky in the sense that these players clicked for him at a time when he was absolutely desperate for it. I think the question I put to Toby was, did this happen because this was Arteta's last move? Did this happen because he was on his way out? Or did this happen because he didn't have a choice with the starting 11 and William wasn't available and he'd selected him the entire time anyway? Um, I don't think we're going to find out this year about Mikel Arteta, because like I said earlier on, I think there have been a lot of things that have conspired and not a lot of things that have happened, a lot of things that have removed some of his confidence and some of his ability to make clear decisions based around football. It's a bit like you spoke about today, Darren. Getting a point today doesn't seem like it did anything for us, but getting three points really rocketed up the table. And you've got to sit there and you've got to look at it and you've got to say... I haven't seen that many managerial decisions this year from Mikel Arteta and I like Mikel Arteta and I want him to be successful because that's that's something we do as Arsenal fans. You know, that's something we should do as Arsenal fans. You back your managers, you back your players, you don't sack people halfway through the year. But I'm looking at basically his managerial decisions across the entire season and the one managerial decision that's turned things around, I'm questioning whether that was a deliberate managerial decision or whether that was circumstantial and it just worked for him. Um, like I said, I didn't like the subs today. 
I didn't like the way you went about the game kind of from the start. I wasn't I didn't love the the starting lineup. We've said on a number of occasions, I think Aubameyang should be spending some time on the bench. I think he should be coming on after 60 minutes for Lacazette when Lacazette hasn't worked because Lacazette's in form because that's what he did to Lacazette for a while. It's what Emery did to Lacazette for a while. Don't know if you remember, but Lacazette kept coming on off the bench and scoring goals at that point. He quite enjoyed it. It was actually where he was quite effective, Lacazette off the bench. So I guess the question that I put to Toby and the, the question I'll, I, I will put back to you guys now is, is Arteta a good manager or has this period of time where he's been quite good? Considering the fact that Darren said last season that he thought that Arteta was very lucky in the run into the FA Cup final and that he had used up all of his luck and that was why maybe he hadn't done so well. Has he been lucky again with the selection of these players? Has he been lucky again with Saka going out onto the right, who hasn't been very good on the right for us any time he's played there, striking up a combination with the SR and Bayorin? Well, thanks for asking that question, Max. You took so fucking long. We're running out of time now. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want your answer, really. Six minutes to ask and answer his own question. I mean, yep. I already asked, heard him answer it on his own show because he didn't let his brother answer until he'd answered himself. Fuck with uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. I'm just shortening it. Here's my next question. I think I asked it anyway. Uh, smart or Lucky. Uh, the the lineup against Chelsea, lucky. There's a lot of good things that he has done quite well, in in my opinion. For example, I mean, I'm going back to last season. I think he's lost it a bit here, but last season, when uh, when he first came in, Tierney was out injured. Kolasinac wasn't an option for reasons I can't quite remember. I think he was injured, and we basically had no left back. And we went, how the fuck do we sort this out? Well, he put Saka at left back but has him bomb on all the way forward and has Xhaka covering him. None of us would have thought of that. And it worked. It worked quite well. So, and he, and uh, then after the lockdown, you know, we started to become this team that was absolutely shocking in the first quarter of the game. We had a drinks back break where Arteta could speak to them. Suddenly we were half decent again. And that, that became a bit of a running joke and theme. So there are signs here that Arteta is actually a smart bloke. He's not an idiot, but he has this, trust issue I think more than anything with his senior players and he did get lucky they had to, he was forced to trust Smith Rowe he was forced to trust Saka on the right hand side but let's remember also I think correct me if I'm wrong he had Pepe available for that Chelsea game didn't he can't remember I can't remember what I did this morning no. <laughs> I think I might be wrong if, if I'm wrong my, my mistake but I think he had Pepe available and he still put Saka on the right hand side so you know, that's a decision that you could have questioned. He's gone right. Well, he's not actually gone with this, the more seasoned professional. So th- there are decisions there that he's making that are quite good. His hand was forced and he got a bit lucky in in some respects. Yes. But there are decisions I, there that we can't overlook. Liam, I saw a great tweet the other day. I forgot who it's from, but he said, he said, Bukayo Saka has saved Mikel Arteta's job. He's delivered him an FA Cup. And I would actually agree with it because... Saka left, didn't play much in that at, FA Cup. No, no, but at, at, not so much that. But at left wing back, when Arteta needed someone to come in and change our fortunes, it was Saka at left wing back who changed our fortunes. At right midfield, when he needed someone to come in and change his fortunes, it's been Saka again. And I would yeah. put it to you that Saka hasn't even been that good this season as far as execution. Even in this game, yeah. 
his execution was really, really far off. But just his desire and his tenacity and his, like, you know, we talk about leadership in this team to literally drag the team, drag people, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years his senior up the pitch with him and say, follow me. I just I just question how much of that is yeah. Arteta. You have to give the manager credit because he plays him and he picks him. It was Unai Emery who gave him his um, But I don't know. We will see by the end of the season. I no. think we'll see into the start of next season. I don't like to go too long for more than an hour. We'll come more for an hour. So I'll leave it on that bombshell that both Liam and Max both think Arteta is lucky and should be fired. Terrible. Excuse me. No. Terrible. I think I'll, oh, I, I thought that was quite clear. I need to be in control of this show because I want to be able to mute you when I'm talking over you at the end. I'm trying show. to make up shit about us. Yeah, there's only one. Uh, Liam, there's only one thing to do in this instance. Oh, I'm muted, mate. I'm muted. I'm muted myself. You muted yourself. <laughs> Is that yeah. what you're meant to do? Yeah. Mute Darren. Call him a cunt several times. Call him an old cunt. Call him a cranky cunt. Say he's got a demented brain from fucking old age, COVID, and smoking too much fucking weed. And then uh, just pass it over to Darren to uh, to close up the show. Well, thank you for that. I was trying not to use any C words in this. Oh, this is Aspros, so mate. It's, just not, it's not Aspros if someone's not a cunt. You've just done nine in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are listening to us for the first time, we don't normally talk football, but we do normally argue. So if you like the arguing, if you like to realise that I'm smarter than Max and have ridiculed him mercilessly this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, those of you listening to the podcast, I had to pause there because there was a a comment came up that was quite rude about my uh, appearance. Um, yeah, look, if you, if you don't normally listen to the show, we do normally talk about all sorts of things in the football world, not just about Arsenal. We do talk about Arsenal. Of course, it's an Arsenal podcast, but we like to talk about what's going on in the rest of the league, what's going on, what makes us laugh, what makes us angry. But we have just followed the game tonight, so that's why we've concentrated a little bit more on the game that we've just seen. We will be mixing it up this week. I say, hopefully, uh, I've spoke to Jack a couple of times. Those of you know Jack from the Clock in Talk, he's going to be coming on uh, sometime over the next couple of weeks. Um, and if you want to become a guest on this show, why not? Give us a shout. Let me talk to somebody new because these two are buying the tits off me. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you all at the same time. No, we won't. We'll be earlier, 8 o'clock. If Max gets out of bed, we'll be here at the same time next week. Thank you for listening. Downloading, etc. Press the stop button, Max. Max. Press the stop button. I just like I just like to see you struggle and keep trying press. to talk. Oh, I'm now. not struggling. I could it. talk for another hour. I just don't know what to talk to you it. two. I'll press it now. <laughs> Good night. Howie, we're still going. <laughs>